Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks to God. Thank you, Judith. We stand for the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife and had no marital relations with her until she had born a son and he named him Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, O Christ. Please be seated.
I wonder if you have ever thought of Christmas being a risky time. Perhaps you have, perhaps you haven't. But take presents, for example. You choose a present for a friend or a loved one, and when you give it to them, in your mind you wonder, will they like it? Will they use it? Will they keep it? Or despite what they say, they're really thinking, hmm, don't need much of that, it's not for me. Jenny and I experienced that on receiving presents from my ageing parents at times. They chose the most peculiar jumpers for me and things for Jenny. Of course, at this year, there's added risks. We wonder whether the Christmas cards we've sent will get through. We remember and wonder where the cards are from our friends, whether they will pop through our letterboxes. And if we're planning to visit relatives by any form of public transport, well, there really is a risk. Not to mention, will we have enough food and drink? Will the turkey cook if we can get one? Christmas is certainly a risky business. But what about 2,000 years ago? The reality, of course, is that the very first Christmas of which we have sung and heard read was full of risks. What about Gabriel's visit to Mary? You're going to get pregnant, dear. But not in the usual way. Really? She must have thought. Surely not. What will folk think of me? What will Joseph's reaction be? What will he think I've been up to? Sorry, Gabriel. It's too much of a risk. Or Joseph, when Mary told him that she was pregnant. Again, he must have thought, what are people going to think? In those days, sex was strictly for those in the marriage bond. Yet he loved her so much that rather than abandoning her, He thought of a way of perhaps sending her away so she could have the baby quietly. A bit like so many unmarried mothers did in Victorian times. But then the angel tells him in a dream that he must bring up this child as his own. Really? Surely not. That itself is too risky. And so it goes on. Mary and Joseph had a hundred mile journey south on a donkey when she was near term. 
Not to mention that they had no internet booking at a Premier Inn or Airbnb. They had to put up with a smelly, unhygienic stable. Then there were the shepherds. The shepherds called by the angel to go and see this baby. They left their sheep, abandoned them on the hillside, a dangerous thing to do in those days. That too was risky. And it doesn't even end there. There was the risk of the murderous Herod out to kill Jesus and the risk of Mary and Joseph and the young child fleeing to Egypt. No doubt that first Christmas was shot through with risks. Nearly 40 years ago, John Wimber, some of you may remember him, we met him for the first time in a conference in London in 1984. And he introduced us at that conference to a little saying of his. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. The then context of that conference was introducing us to healing, to words of knowledge, knowledge, to prophecy, etc. Encouraging us to step out in faith to take the risk, to pray for somebody. They may or may not be healed. Our words of knowledge may be accurate or not. Our prophecies may be spot on or off beam. But he pointed out that as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, for now we see in a mirror Dimly, now we know only in part. J. John now puts it in a slightly different way. He speaks of us living in a tension between miracle and mystery. We know, believe and sometimes see that miracles can happen. But we also know times when they don't. However much we have prayed, however hard we have believed, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. However, most of us today have heard of something called a risk assessment. Anybody who's in work today will have no doubt been involved in risk assessment. Even if today, personally, I'm so old, I feel it's become 
rather a heavy, tedious, bureaucratic thing, but nevertheless necessary. Usually it's focused on safety, physical, health-wise, relationship-wise. For example, we were due to have in here on Friday uh, Derek, Derek Wood Primary and Infant School here in church, but it was decided in a risk assessment by the head of the school that it was too dangerous for the little four, five and six-year-olds to walk down to the church. She'd made a risk assessment. So uh, I and others went up to the school. Risk assessment is designed to minimise harm. Of course, the ultimate risk assessment is to never do anything. But the medics among us will tell us that to be a couch potato is itself a risk. But also, for example, in political terms, there are risks. Risks of somebody saying something possibly controversial. But what about stepping out in faith? That risk, as Mary and Joseph did. What was there? risk assessment surely it was this that they knew and had experienced and had relationship with the one who was calling them to take these steps of faith these risks Mary didn't say yes to Gabriel just, oh, all right, I'll do it. She'd heard the truth that nothing is impossible with God. And she believed that to quote her from Luke 1, as the Lord's servant, may it be as you have said. Yes, she took a risk of faith but she had made a risk assessment that the one who called her was faith, faithful and trustworthy. And equally from Joseph, recognising that even in a dream the word of the Lord had come to him, the Lord that he loved and served, and he was willing to take this risk, whatever the potential consequences. John Wimber spoke of faith being spelt R-I-S-K, but he spoke of it in the context of stepping out, knowing and trusting that the Lord had promised to be right there with us. But what about us here this morning? What about you and me? How willing are we to take 
those risks of faith for God. Let me explain my thinking when I ask that question. We can, of course, if we so choose, we can keep our faith absolutely private. Don't ever acknowledge that we are a Christian, that we go to church. Never talk about Jesus to someone who's not yet a Christian. Let's never offer to pray for someone. Or we can risk being known as a Christian. Someone who in this country is becoming less fashionable. Let us be willing to share our faith, to offer to pray, even for strangers when it's appropriate. We can even be bold enough to shed in a loving way that what somebody is doing is not is wrong and perhaps there's a better way of living. There are millions, millions across the world today for whom faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Each day of their lives they risk being arrested, beaten, even killed, simply because they are Christians. Even in our country, things are happening where folk are arrested, lose their job, simply for doing something like speaking out for Jesus or for wearing a cross, daring to challenge our society as it slips further and further into immorality. But, I do caution you, remember Bimbi's wise words of a couple of weeks ago. Let us be known more for what we are for than for what we are against. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Let us individually and as a church be willing to take those risks of faith for Jesus. Let our risk assessment assure us that whilst we don't always know the outcome, we know one who does. Let us be willing to live with that tension between miracle and mystery in the assurance of Mary and Joseph that nothing is impossible with God who was willing to send his son at Christmas to be our Saviour and our Lord. Amen. We continue 